just a quick recap. A few years back, I used to record in session with Girth in a bar in downtown Toronto, the Pacific Junction Hotel Bar, which sadly is no longer with us. A moment of silence. Sometimes bands would come in and play. Sometimes they'd come in just to talk and hang out. Unlike most interviews they did, because we were in a bar, it meant they could drink while we talked. And honestly, that made for some honest interviews. From in session at Girth Radio, I graduated to my summer lair and I'm having lots of fun chatting with dope creators who are doing dope things. Thank you for listening, by the way. Still, and occasionally, I'm going to use this My Summer Lair space to present an in-session episode, like a yearbook memory. Just like every yearbook, the photos are embarrassing, the fashion is terrible, the things we talked about were raw, they were undercooked. The interviews were clumsy with some remarkable moments, and the audio was a bit uneven, like a left-handed person using right-handed scissors. If you get past the rookie Sammy starting to figure this gig out, you'll slowly be rewarded. Delight awaits. to be back damn it feels good to be black they keep on killing us we just keep killing it mama said killing is not where the ailing is gonna speak back lord knows she been through it she said a human is not who the villain is she said it's fear it's greed and it's pride you see it inside that's what the system is built on and what it instills in us now i've been feeling it's fine honestly the haters can hate just let the creators create and let the creator be judged i mean too many mistakes to be grudging besides all of us lost without love maybe some never get woke or tired of staying awake or party all night then distraught at the state of the day but what do you make of this way that i'm walking this path that i'm on you made a way for me hope that my map isn't wrong nowadays my legs is weak what if my staff isn't strong what if it breaks uh, who got me uh you got me uh, i know that you got me good get it got it to demonstrate i just can't wait i just cannot be me i just can't go back and copy me i just cannot be free i just can't possibly lessons on lessons legends on legends on legends little black boy with a poem that he showed to the reverend jesus saw judas and ran up to hug the young brother and dug at the other 11 like why is this traitor in heaven he said it's hell on earth anywhere love isn't present wherever he goes we go together my brethren get it
one point. But answer honestly. What are you afraid of? Yo, welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sammy. I once gave peas a chance. You in. Here now is a My Summer Layer yearbook episode. This is in session with Shad from 2018, eloquently talking about his impressive album, A Short Story About a War. An album whose song titles include Magic, yes, and The Fool, no. Sound, the final frontier. My Summer Layer is an enterprise, a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. I want to offer uh, congratulations, obviously, because you're having a very busy, successful October. You just had a kid. Season 2 of Hip Hop Evolution drops on Friday, October 19. A short story about war, your new album, is out October 26. And Kawhi Leonard is on the Raptors. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be... like My hope is that they're just, they become like a killer defensive team, kind of like... The Pistons championship team in the in the like mid two thousands, and uh, I think that's kind of our best. That's our best look. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I think the the NBA Finals is like very realistic. Even with the Celtics, I know we're on a tangent. We'll get to the album in a second, but yeah, even, yeah, yeah. even with yeah, the, I mean, the Celtics are stacked. The problem, the problem with the Celtics is. Tatum is a beast on top of everything else. Like Tatum is like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the young bucks are scary. Yeah, they're they're scary. They're scary. So, but you know, if we can defend the way that our team can defend with like Kawhi and OG and Danny Green and and Ibaka, like if we can defend the way we can defend, I think we can make the finals. All right. So we're gonna start on a positive note and let's keep it going. Yeah. Did- the new album is a short story about war, and it's a concept album. So, what is the concept? So, this is this is it, Sammy. So, um, I want to say five years ago, somewhere around there, this story occurred to me in my mind about a war, and it was one of these situations where, for some reason, I get the I I, I got these images in my mind. Uh, and right away, I can see the parallels to our world. So it just felt like kind of an inspired experience. I was seeing the, the story and also understanding its meaning and, and significance in the world. Um, so fast forward, you know, f- three, four years, whenever uh, I started working on this album, that story just kind of like stayed with me, um, I, I think, a bit longer than I expected that it would. And it just felt like a meaningful project to try and make it come alive musically and, and a fun creative project to try and make it come alive musically. So that's pretty much what this album is. If I had to sum it up, I would say that the album is about fear. And I would say that um, the, the parallels to me are very clear. You know, the war represents our system our economic system, our social system, the way that our um, systems here are so kind of life or death or feel life or death, Um, economic survival, also the way that we even interact with each other socially, interact with strangers. It feels very fight or flight. There's a lot in our world that like induces those fight or flight feelings similar to a war scenario. There's a lot of fear in our world. So if I had to sum it up, 
that's that's where I'd say the album came from and kind of what I'm exploring is 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 fear and its role in our lives and in our world. And this fear you're talking about and this war you're talking about, are you talking like specifically black people? Because today is Black Poetry Day. So it's kind of ironic that I'm talking to you today. Or are you like generally speaking, like everybody is like dealing with this kind of issue and succumbing to this issue and just coming at it from a different perspective or different lens? Yeah, totally. That's a good question. To me, what I... I'm ultimately getting at is something very universal when I'm taught like fear. So I think we all experience fear in the face of, well, we all experience fear. Well, let me just put it that way. The specific things that evoke fear for us are different depending on our communities, depending on our, you know, social, economic, political, ethnic, whatever positions that we're that we're coming from and that that we live in but to me primarily i'm talking about something universal which is that experience of fear um but definitely like the album has on another level certain political messages and and meanings and and speaks specifically to certain kinds of fear um that i think black people experience so yeah, I think that's probably the best way I can answer your question. I think that uh, the fear I'm talking about ultimately is 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 like something universal, but there there are moments where I'm talking more specifically about certain groups' experiences, and and one of those is is uh, obviously black people. And you said fear is universal, and you're talking about how different types of uh, people, like black people, for example, experience fear. Is it the same thing with love? Is love universal and do different groups experience love in different ways? Not necessarily express them, but receive it in different ways. Yeah. Um, So in terms of love, like the way I kind of explore it in this album is, so there's this war scenario that I'm kind of painting and then there's different characters in this war world. And most of the characters are people that have different rationales for participating in the violence. They're basically different factions or different armies or different um, positions in this war. And then in terms of love, there's one character that I saw in this war scenario that just like doesn't believe in the power of bullets, like kind of believes that everyone is running around and shooting and hiding based on an illusion. Um, So in terms of love, what I think that means is like disarming yourself if there's a universal message of love in the album, it's, it has something to do with disarming yourself in front of other people. It has something to do with living peacefully and taking that first step of faith and kind of disarming yourself. If there's a message of love, I think that's kind of what I'm, what that character is, is getting at and what I'm interested in what I'm interested in as far as love goes. So yeah, I think that there's something very universal about love. And I think it has to do with those things, which is why I think you can recognize it anywhere. I don't know if you've had that experience. I mean, you grew up, I think, in the GTA in a kind mm-hmm. of multicultural setting. It's yeah. like, love is love. You know, you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. And it can have different expressions, but ultimately it it carries this, it carries this texture or this flavor to it that you can recognize anywhere yeah and it's the same thing too where it's like you recognize it but it's also you know what when it's like absent like you know when you eat like a sandwich or something and it's like missing some like mustard or like salt and pepper or something 
the sandwich is fine and you can you can go you can get by and it doesn't ruin your day necessarily but it's like if it had a little extra something like it was missing I mean, something exactly, you know? exactly exactly Stonekers. forced to go toe to toe blow for blow in a war zone with only stones to throw Stonekers. vilified by all sides vilified for small crimes forced to go blow for blow in a war zone with only stones to throw Balancing love and fear when the the second single that you release off this album is the Stone Throwers, which is kind of now like we've kind of we kind of revere the Stone Throwers now, especially with the online mobs and these kind of things. Is that path re- reversible? Can we, if we stop giving into fear, can we retreat and go back to love and sandwiches with mustard? Yeah. So I think what the album is kind of getting at—that's a good question. I think what the album is kind of getting at first of all, is how difficult it is. You know, so if I think about this fool character, for example, in the midst of everybody running and shooting and, and to, to, to have this, to hold this faith of like, no, this is an illusion. Like, I don't believe in this violence. Like, to me, 
that's so difficult. So I think there's one message there of love of just recognizing how difficult it is. And then, um, and also on the note of recognizing how difficult it is, it's like, we all have our rationales for it, for the violence that we, that we participate in. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm defining violence broadly here. You know, you talked about online comments. I mean, that's a kind of violence. There's economic violence. There's, there's so many different kinds of violence. So, and, and we all have our rationales for participating in it, um, mainly self-preservation, but all sorts of things. So I think there's a message in the album of like how difficult it is to, to do that, to love and to like bring peace into the world. It's like, it's, it's not an easy thing, but I think that it is possible. And actually, if I think, so I'm going to exit my little fictional world for a second, like, and go <laughs> firmly into our world. I think that, I think that we knew how to, I think we knew like how to live more lovingly and peacefully, like as recently as like five years ago or something. We've forgotten very quickly. Yeah. The, if, if that if that makes sense. Like I think that we used to have at least certain ideals about graciousness and forgiveness that we've just kind of abandoned in the last really recent. No, you're right. Because after 9-11 happened, there was a number of marches where people did not want the Americans to go to war. Yeah. Right? And that was like yeah. 2001, which... And that's a really weird response, I guess. It's a kind of a stereotype to say that Americans are like that, but it is kind of a weird response. Like, you just got this horrendous terrorist attack, and you lost, like, several thousand people, all these orphaned families, and yeah. you can respond and say, no, we don't want to go to war. That's a, that's a bold choice. It is a super bold choice, but I think that it was universally, pretty universally held up as, like, this is our best values though. I mean, we can't always live up to it, but we recognize that that's our best. That's our best. That's humanity at its best. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like work, right? Like when you get a job, a non-wrapping job, but when you get a job, you're expected to show up every day at the cubicle, right? You're expected to work eight hours every day at the cubicle. And the reality is people like the TTC is late one day. Uh, so you're delayed, right? Or, uh, you're distracted because your kid is sick or something. So you don't really focus for the eight hours. You know what I mean? Like the, the reality doesn't match up with the expectations of what you're actually supposed to deliver. But the ideals are great in terms of like, yes, I'm going to work hard for your company. I'm going to make you guys money. I'll do these things. Exactly. Exactly. But I feel like very recently, I don't think this is like, yeah, I think I feel like very recently that ideal has changed. And so we no longer even really laud the things that we used to laud. We never we no longer really consider that our humanity's best. I don't want to throw Trump under the bus cuz it's always such a easy answer just to blame everything on Trump and then call it a day. But what was it that you feel that made us change or like we forgot our values or is that just human nature? I think sometimes it's human nature. I feel like in my own life, I'm constantly learning like three or four things and I learn them and then I go my way and then I have yeah. to like relearn them. I'm like, I learned this like two years ago. I pull up my journal. I'm like, I learned this already. But exactly. Yeah, I do think there's something human about it. I don't think we can underestimate the role social media plays in it. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I don't think we can underestimate it, really. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it's created a very different way of 
of being. I don't know. I can't even necessarily like analyze it right now, but I, I just feel like social media, like you can't really, because if you think about the last, uh, I don't know how many years, like five, six, seven years, I mean, what has changed? Well, social media has been probably the most profound shift in our culture. Yeah, I think too the the way the internet was marketed it to us, it was supposed to be like this like amazing like fountain of knowledge, and you could look up anything and learn things and connect with people and find other people who like rap music and find people who also like mustard on their sandwiches, all this good stuff. And it was actually kind of a lie. It's like when you see a movie trailer and you're like, oh, this movie looks hilarious and it's not funny at all. And like people are dying of cancer and it's like, oh, this is a terrible movie. The trailer lied to me. It's that feeling. I think that's what the Internet feels like to me. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, look, we all just kind of like woke up after Trump was elected and everyone was like, in terms of social media, everyone was going, wait, did, did we just break democracy? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. This was supposed to be super fun and we we're supposed to be hanging out with our friends and sharing funny videos. And it's not. And it, it became not that at all real fast. So I want to stick with this theme of uh, illusions and um, things that are real but not real. One of my favorite songs on the album is Magic. <clears throat> are you employing magic as a metaphor for the things that could disappear? Because that's what you talk about. Or are you also invoking a spiritual attack as well? Because this is partly what you're getting at with these, with what you're talking about. You're talking about social media attacks, but also like, are you reaching for a spiritual attack? Because magic is linked to the spiritual realm. And you talk about the devil and his, and his magic on that album. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, on that track. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a metaphor that I've had in my head for a long time. This, this idea of making something disappear and then making you forget that it ever existed. That's, that's the kind of, that's the metaphor. And when I look, think about that idea, which feels to me like a very evil idea, I can see that sort of at play in certain insidious ways in our world. And I think that's what, that's what I'm kind of describing in the song is the way that that has happened through human history, you know, through things like colonialism, through things like um, even the way our economic system works. There's this magic trick that happens sometimes where you take something gets taken away from us and then we also lose the memory, even like what we were just talking about in terms of values and 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 our ideals and things like like forgiveness and graciousness and and kindness and generosity and self-sacrifice and how we were talking about how those were those were kind of universal ideals in our culture up until about 5 years ago and not only did it disappear but we forgot that it existed <laughs> so that's what this that's what the song is about and to me there's definitely something spiritual about that in the sense that it's mysterious and feels profoundly evil so is this a calling then like these lyrics are obviously not your typical rap lyrics like i just listened recently to uh the new little wayne carter five <laughs> push a t put something out recently earlier this year as well like what you're talking about these lyrics are not necessarily the the quote-unquote the traditional things or topics that you would normally pick up on a rap album so is this like 
prophecy? Is this a calling? Is this like what you, you must've felt compelled to share these things and to put them down where you could have just gone the, uh, like the old prince lives at home part two or something, you know, I'm still living here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as I was saying, this felt like the, this felt like the more meaningful project, you know? Um, I think anytime I'm working on music, I'm thinking about what feels worthwhile to, to give to people. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's simply humor or, you know, something that bangs really hard or something like that. And in this instance, what I, what I felt that I had to give was this story and to try and make it come alive. And it's, it's, it's definitely dense and it's definitely layered more so than most rap music right now. But that also to me is always a good sign if, if you feel like, what you have to offer is different. So, so it, that just, yeah, it just made sense to me. Like I got to follow that. We could stick with this theme of uh, different types of rap music. Cause when we were all both growing up, we had like public enemy, which was kind of like the serious political stuff. We had uh, NWA, we had uh trap called quest, which is party vibe. Um, season one of hip hop evolution. It ended with the birth of gangster rap and NWA was just on the scene so what are the groups and the rappers and the eras that we can expect in season two of hip hop oh, evolution? Yeah. Um, so I guess it's fine for me to tell you, you can expect, um, you can expect a little trip to the South because we didn't touch on that at all in season one. Um, so you can expect a trip to the South and kind of some of the early history of Southern hip hop. So uh, uncle Luke, Luther Campbell, two live crew, from Miami um, and also Ghetto Boys in in Houston. Um, you can expect a trip to Oakland. You can expect uh, some more New York. So there's um there's a lot of good stuff. It's it's interesting, um, you know, moving forward in the series because the beginning um, the beginning of hip hop was obviously we're talking about the Bronx. We're talking about you know, Harlem, certainly we're talking about exclusively New York when you're talking about the very beginnings. I mean, hip hop is New York. Mm-hmm. And, but then once you move forward in the history, it's like the music spread so far and wide and fast that, uh, you know, you end up covering a lot of ground. So all that to say, season two covers a lot of ground. Like, what do you take away from working on, on hip hop evolution yourself as you go into the studio? Like, does that deep dive in history, does it influence or affect your work and the stuff you're doing now? Like you even went, you even went, I think with your dad recently, you went back to the home country, right? So you kind of been like spending a lot of time in the last year or a couple of years, just kind of going back and like looking at this history and connecting back to this history. So does it affect your work now or is it just kind of a separate like project in a sense? Yeah, that's interesting. Like I never really thought about it. Um, that way um i think i think it is quite separate to be honest with you like hip-hop evolution feels to me like well first of all just like a privilege to get to be a part of a project like this and meet the people that i get to meet and you know hear this hear their stories and learn the history like it just feels like a privilege first of all but it also just feels like a document about the culture for the culture not really like a learning opportunity exactly for me but yeah, I mean, sometimes things also just happen in life and you don't realize the thread, you know, like you brought up that trip with my dad. It's like, yeah, I guess for whatever reason, maybe it's where I'm at in life. It's like I, I do have a certain curiosity about history and origins and uh, and things like that. So 
kicking yeah. it old school. Yeah, maybe there's maybe there's something there that you know I didn't even really recognize, but I do think of them as quite separate projects. You know, I I, I think of hip hop evolution as really these pioneers telling their story, and you know we have the privilege of being a part of capturing that document for people like us that love the culture and and uh, other people too. Is there a shorthand like when you connect with these uh, rappers now? Is there a shorthand or like? I have friends who are stand-up comics. When they get together, there's like a certain kind of ball busting, a really dark humor that kind of comes out. Like it's only just like like group of like comics, and all comics kind of talk about that. Is the same kind of vibe when rappers get together and kind of start talking about the art form? You know what's really sad? I don't think so. No man, because I've been around comics too, and I'm like, man, this is dope. Like you guys are really a tribe, you know? Yeah, it's that shorthand that comes out right away. Whoa, it's cra- it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like Russell Peters is an executive producer on on uh, Hip Hop Evolution, so mm-hmm. we spent some we spent some time with him uh, working on the series and like watching him with other comics. Like I even remarked to him, I'm like, "This is amazing. We we don't have this." Um, you know what? You no, know, it's interesting. I think DJs have it. I see my DJ friends, and they seem to have this like camaraderie and just yeah, just kind of like. I don't know, profound understanding of each other. Um, and comics, it's like on a whole other level because the cool thing with comics too is somebody can be, you know, like, like Russell Peters that, you know, makes crazy money and he's just there. He can be sitting at the table with just some up and coming stand up and they're, it's like, it's, it, they're all part of the family. You no, know? mm-hmm. um, it's the exact same family. Um, so, that's super cool. Super cool. So this is a tangent, and if you don't have a proper answer, that's fine. But I'm just curious, Canada legalized weed today. And I'm I'm curious how the legalization of weed, I mean, there's a few states now in the U.S. where it's also legal. I'm curious how the legalization of weed is going to affect hip-hop culture. Because that was kind of like a taboo in the whole thing of like the puff and the smoke in the videos and all these kind of like... Again, the shorthand that was kind of like rebellious culture and rebel culture and things like that. And now if it's like legal, then it's like, uh, like, does it affect or will it affect hip hop culture, you think? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, actually, my buddy um, Ian uh, Campo, who's, who's just upstairs, who who's a DJ, used to be in a tribe called Red, and, and he's a big weed activist. Um, he was just talking to me about like how he thinks culture will be affected by the legalization, you know, I think there is something to that. Like it, it will no longer be a rebellious thing. So that will be interesting to, to watch how that affects the culture. Um, I don't know beyond that. I can't, I can't really comment. You know, I've never smoked. Uh, I'm just kind of always intuited that. I don't know. I'm a pretty chill guy that might send me over the edge. That's fair. Yeah, no, it had nothing to do with the, the either the album or the the TV show. I was just like, it's just an interesting part of of hip hop culture because it's a subculture almost, right? Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's already um, that's already started. You know, like from what I hear, like teenagers don't really smoke joints. Like they va- they might vape or whatever, but they they don't smoke joints, mm-hmm. which is already a shift in terms of like the the the, the cool of it, like. Because that was always the cooler, I mean, smoking, smoking yeah. is cool. And so that's already started to shift where kids are already thinking about, no, what's actually the safest, best way to ingest this, which is not the cool, mm-hmm. which is not the cool consideration. Um, 
So yeah, I think the culture is already changing. So I'll get you out on this. You talked about all these different kind of themes uh, on the album. We talked about uh, hip hop evolution as well. So we got to see the culture grow and we got to see it flourish. And like you said, like once it started to leave New York City, it spread quickly like wildfire. So when you look at culture and how it spreads and all these things, what are your metrics for progress? Like, how do you know if things are getting better? Or how do you know if things are getting worse? What makes your spider sense tingle? Or sometimes, too, people also overlook certain things as well, and they don't know how to read the signs and stuff like that. It's like, you know, when you travel to another country and, like, all the signs are in, like, Spanish or French or something. The advertising doesn't mean anything to me. I'm like, I don't know what that means. So, like, what are your metrics for progress? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that this isn't my idea. I've heard somebody say this, like, good art takes history into account. You know, I think the best artist's progress in art is when someone kind of learns the rules and masters them and then breaks them, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that there's there's something about that feeling. You can recognize that in something that feels progressive and feels like it's pushing the culture forward you know you hear an artist like like kendrick lamar or something who's super creative and inventive but also you can hear that he's rooted in a tradition Mm. of music so that to me is what progress feels like i think is when there's like this recognition you know, you can, you can note again, like it's almost like a flavor. Like there's a, you can note the recognition of history and people's contributions. And, and, but at the same time, you can definitely note progression. Um, I think that's what, that's what progress is, is like. It's not just kind of change for its own sake. It's like change that has taken history and 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 other things into account yeah i mean like you just had a kid so your kid will eventually like start to learn how to speak english and learn how to write and it's like it's she'll be tapping into all those kind of established traditions and then hopefully eventually as she kind of gets masters those things maybe starts to make up her own words or kind of has some fun with the language you know what i mean that's what kind of you're talking about exactly exactly um that's exactly what I'm talking about. Cool. And you are going to progress and hit the the road. You're going to, uh, you got a whole bunch of shows, including a couple, one or two in Toronto now. That's right, two. Yeah, way to go. I think the first one, both of them sold out? Uh, the first one sold out. Way to go. We added a second one, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so you'll be hitting the town and uh, all the, where can people find you online with all the social media? Yeah, yeah, you can uh, look up Instagram slash Shad K. Uh, music, sorry. Uh, Twitter is also slash Shad K Music, um, and uh, I think Facebook as well. And just on the on this final note, like with all that you want to say and all this denseness on this album, you feel like you were able to get it out from your head and your heart and get it onto the actual record. Because sometimes there is a breakdown, uh, or like the translation doesn't quite make it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot there. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what people hear and feel in it. Um, you know, my hope with whenever there's material like this that I'm working on is, is, is just that it resonates with people on some level. Um, whether that's even just the visceral level of, of the feeling you get when you hear the music 
to any of the different layers of meaning. So I just hope it resonates with people on some level. I try to make it work on many levels because that's to me what the, um, what the story and the concept speak to. But, um, yeah, as long as it resonates with people on some level, uh, I'm happy. I definitely worked as hard as I could on it and, um, and put all of that stuff into it. So, um, but I put all that stuff into it so that somebody can get not necessarily all of it, but at least something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The miners always find gold. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so hopefully there are people that will like recognize all the different things that I'm, that, that I think that this, these songs and the metaphors get at, but, um, regardless, as long as people get something, if they feel something, then, uh, then I feel like I've done my job. All right. And you've done your job twice. A short story about war is out October 26th. And Hip Hop Evolution Season 2 drops Friday, October 19th on Netflix. Thank you, Shad, for like taking some time and like hanging out. I know it's a busy time. Like I said, like uh, the kid, the, the album, the TV show, and Kawhi Leonard. There's a, it's a lot. It's a very busy October. There's a lot of things going on. Mm hmm. Uh, I know you're going out on tour, but are you hoping to uh, if you had the chance, would uh, you be able to go to a Raptors game? Would there be anybody you want to see like for the opposing team? Ooh. Ooh, you know what? I probably want to see the Celtics like I love watching uh, Kyrie. Mm hmm. So I I probably want to see the, us play the Celtics. All right. I picked up tickets for uh, Timberwolves. Whether Butler will whether Butler will still be there or not. And uh, 76ers. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be sick. Mm -hmm. I want to see this young kid, Ben Simmons, play and Embiid and stuff. So, yeah. So, we're we're done. Okay. Thank you, Chad, for taking the time. It was good. No problem. They steal. Then they take your memory of the theft. Magic. The show will literally take your breath. Joker in the deck. The devil in his magic. Devil in his magic. Devil in his magic. Devil in his magic. See, it's kinda like magic, huh? It causes a distraction and poof. All that we have disappears and we clap and forget that it happened. Forgot that we lost it. Forgot that the magic men have it. They grabbed it, they stole it, they cause a distraction. Distraction, distraction. Wow. It's all a distraction. Imagine. Like magic, ooh Gone is our land, our language, our history Ancestry, families vanished like it was magic ooh. Gone is our greatness, our sacred places and practices Suddenly we feel vacant, we saw him take it though ooh. Our hands lift from the earth, the dirt from the food Removed, rezoned, reduced, reduced, or reduced, or reduced or Disappeared, it's all smoke and mirrors All of this magic Devil in his magic Division, man. All of this magic. Devil in his 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 magic.
this magic. magic. Splitting us into factions, fighting until we're fractured, smaller and smaller fractions. People feeling like zero. Individuals divisible to the point we're invisible. Gone into ghettos and armies and prisons. We won't be missed, they easily dismiss. They dissolve if you give them munitions. And arrest they condition and kill by attrition. Practicing, crafty, the fastest you had it, and then suddenly, <clears throat> gone is your work, your purpose, your worth, the reason you wake, your sense of the season, your stake in it. <clears throat> your traditions and intuition, supports, commitments, decisions, they vanish from your hands like <clears throat> your voice, your choice, your miss, attention gone. To fast cars and fast fashion, fast food and no fast and all distractions. Confined until reality is so hard to look at that we turn a blind eye. I don't even care that they took devil in his magic. Devil in his magic. Devil in his magic. Devil in his magic.